morning, church. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Why don't we rise as we get ready to worship the Lord? I'll give thanks to you, Lord, and sing praise to your name, almost high. I'll declare your love in the morning and your faithfulness by night for you.
Don't forget who he is. I'm safe with 
Come on, let's sing this together. He won't fail. He won't fail. He won't fail. No, he won't. We serve an unfailing God, one who doesn't waver. He doesn't sleep nor slumber. we can declare with certainty who he is in our life, church, and who he is. No matter what the naysayer may say, it doesn't change the fact that there is no one higher. My life can prove it. Oh, Come on. Why don't we declare this song together? Our Father Creator, sing. Our Father Creator, you hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, defender, our great and mighty Savior. There's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power, we've been set free. Astounded by your mercy. 
into this place, Lord, to declare with certainty because of the living testimonies, Lord, that are in this room and those watching from home, Lord, how good and how much high you are, Lord. There is no one higher than you, Jesus. And we declare that, Lord, with the testimonies, Lord, that are the living testimonies, one standing right in front of you. So, Lord, we come in here, Lord, to give you thanks, Lord, for your faithfulness, Jesus. And say, Lord, we declare, Lord, that no matter what's going on in my life, Lord, I turn it over to you, Lord, and I yield it. And I yield to your sovereignty, Lord, not just my life, Lord, but for us, Lord, the world is coming at us, Lord, at light speed. It's too much for us to handle, Lord, and we're trying to make sense of it all, Lord, and you're putting all these pieces together. And so our hearts together here today, Lord, are declaring that there is no one higher, Lord, because you are sovereign. And Lord, you control it all. So Lord, as we're trying to make sense of it all, Lord, and we're just, we just want to come back, Lord, and bring it to basics and say, Lord, it's all about you. I'm not trying to figure out politics. I'm not trying to figure out world issues, Lord, or any of that, Lord. I, 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 I want to focus on you, Lord, and your direction, Jesus. So, Lord, we lean into you today, Lord, as we sing these truths, Lord, that there is no one higher that you are our firm foundation. We lean into that, Lord. As long as we have that, Lord, it's all going to be good. Because we're leaning into you, Lord, the rock that won't move. You are the rock that doesn't move, Lord. No matter what, Lord, you don't move. And so, Father, today um, we come in here, Lord, being able to rest easy, Lord, in the promise, Lord. In the book of Isaiah that tells us, Lord, that you spread the heavens open like a curtain. That's the God that we serve. That the span of all the worlds, Lord, fits in the, in the, in the span of your hands, Lord. Everything that we know, Lord, that exists, Lord, with a human eye and with a telescope, Lord, in the span of your hand, it fits there, Lord. That's the God that we serve, Lord. Here I am trying to control things, Lord. I give it to you this morning, Lord. So as we come in here, we're able to exhale freely, Lord, because you're in control. And we thank you for that, Jesus. So let us be in this moment with you, Lord, as we dive into your word, Lord, as we lean into your promises, Lord, and into your peace, Lord. And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus and his church today said, amen. Oh, yeah. Come on, give him a shout this morning. Ain't God good? Oh, oh there is no one higher than you. Oh, yeah. He deserves it all. Amen, church. Hey, we're celebrating. Why don't we celebrate the ability to be here together, church, as we greet each other in his name.
Good morning, my family. Good morning, good morning. God is good. And all the time, Javier didn't participate on that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's my fault. I was going to do the first part, but then you did it. So. Oh, I beat you to it. You beat me to it. Cool, man. Hey, church, we want to welcome you to his house. Uh, how many of you feel so easy this morning after we declared those beautiful promises? Amen. Amen. That was amazing. Hey, church, um, uh, let me introduce myself. If you're here for the first time, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here in New Beginnings. And I'll let you do your, your own this time, Javier. Uh, yeah. Buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Javier Gonzalez, I'm the drummer here at New Beginnings, and uh, I am the also backup uh, riff meister to Mike, you know, throwing it down on the tracks. <laughs> that's right. But that's just in the truck, so. <laughs> hey, guys, look, uh, I wanted to bring Javier up here, and uh, he volunteered this morning to come up, and by volunteering... Yes, volunteering, he, he I was, was voluntolding. He's voluntolder. So here I am, happy to be here. Right, our sister Roxy, uh, she's, she took the weekend off, and I saw her worshiping over there. Rox, Rox, there Yeah, Roxy. Is. Welcome Roxy back, right? We <laughs> miss her up here. And I, you know, you know what I miss most about when Roxy's not here is that she's like here. Right, like right she's like here. right around there. Right, right. Yeah. And she makes me look taller. That, that's my bad. That's my yeah. bad. Yeah. Well, so you know, she, so <laughs> she's also much better looking, so, you know, it's like a... <laughs> 50, 50 True enough, that uh, that's so. you, bro. It's not, that's yeah. all you, pivot. Uh, so, hey, church, let me catch you up on something super awesome. That's good. By the way, if you're here for the first time, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, this is New Beginnings Church. We just, we love, we love family, and this is who we are. We are family. Uh, hey, church, look, I want to catch you up on something super awesome that we have, and it's really, really cool that Javier was able to be here with me today because uh, we want to talk about something so, so important. Uh, something that Javier has participated in since he was a young, young boy, uh, as have I and many others that are in the church. Um, you and I have something in common, church, that we believe that you and I need to be counterculture. Can we agree? Right? We are not of this world. Romans 12:2 tells us to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, dot, 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 right? There's so much more after that. But church... How many of us can truly get behind it and say, man, who really needs that message more than our young people today? I mean, our young people need that message. They need to not only learn it, but they need to really digest it and believe in it. That's why this year, actually beginning today, Javier, uh, our camp registration is officially open. That's right. It is that time, guys. We're very excited. Amen. It's going to be June 3rd through the 7th, Camp Bonita Park in Rio Rioso, New Mexico. And my dad's in the back right now. He's like, it's Bonita. So, Dad, I got you. Thank you very much. <laughs> they want your inheritance. <laughs> so, yeah. So, June through 3rd through 7th, guys, it's going to be 4th grade through 12th grade. If you guys know someone, if you have kids, I would uh, absolutely encourage you to have them take a part of it. Right. And I'll tell you guys, it's great to have uh, family and relationships here in the sanctuary. But as a kid who's been through it, who grew up in the church, I can tell you that there's something different about the atmosphere, about just being in the presence of God when you're just with your peers in that uh, time at, at camp. And uh, nobody comes back the same church, I promise you that. Uh, just being able to um, get let your guard down and, and just be able to be in God's presence. Just as a kid, you know, with people who are your age, who are going through the same things you are, sometimes as adults, we kind of forget 
what it was like going through things as a kid and as a teenager. Yeah, especially now, things especially are so different. Especially today. That's Absolutely. Right. Get them away from TikTok and Instagram, you know, and it really, really makes a difference, guys. Amen. So we really want to encourage you, family. Look, the counterculture, we want to touch on, of course, how to be counterculture based on what the Word tells us, right? We have to live out His truth. And His truth in today's world is counterculture, right? And so we have to continue to live that Christian lifestyle, which the world tells us you don't have to. All you have to do is just believe in Him or anything and you'll be just fine well the bible doesn't tell us that and so we really want to focus on that we, we're going to be focusing on the gift of um, the fruit of the spirit yes we're going to be fo focusing on that and living out his truth because we can't live out the truth without the gift of the spirit and with the holy spirit right. with the guidance of the holy spirit in our daily life and you and i are going to be a part of that church you and i get to change the trajectory and the family trees of so many young people, I know I am one of them. And you really brought up a really good point when you were talking about not just being saved, right? That God wants more Amen. for us than that. He does. And that's where we bring in our, our scripture for that week is Romans 12, 2. And I know many of you here know it where it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by Amen. the renewing of your mind. Amen. That's right. And that's what we want, not just for this generation that's here right now, but for our next generation to continue that on and to carry on that that torch for us, Amen. Amen. So, church, we wanna we wanna again encourage you. If you if if you have a, a, a student in your life, if, if you have a, a grandchild that maybe uh, that's staying with you, and you're kind of caring for the grandchild or rearing the grandchild, if you will, or maybe you have a student uh, going into the fourth grade next year or into into uh, senior year, yes. church, we encourage you. Please consider sending them to summer camp. If you want more information about what it's about, those kind of registration is open on uh, our app and on the website. Or you can, let's see if you guys get this one. Last service didn't do so well. There's the counterculture counter. Oh, oh man. Oh. Maybe, is it just the joke? Wah, wah. It wasn't that great. Oh, uh, dude, yeah. I thought it was Two good. In a row, man. Two in a row. Oh. The counterculture counter is uh, out there. We'll work on the comedy, guys. Okay. We promise, all right? Roxy, we need dude. you back. Counterculture counters out there, guys. Okay? Pick up one of these uh, brochures if you want more information. It will lead you to the website of Bonita Park. Because, I mean, we're talking zip line. Yes. We're talking uh, water balloons. We're, we're talking, uh, they have the, the archery tag. Tell them about uh, the children, too. About what? The children. Yeah. Is it, is there do it, bro. Just about? do it. Might as well, bro. They're going to we, tell me eventually. We, uh, we have this tradition at the end of camp. It is a shaving cream It's called war. take out your anger on your pastor. Yes. But, but for legal purposes, we call it shaving cream war. So, yeah, it's a great time, you know, uh, pastor is not a static, a static target by any means. You know, he's lean and mean now, so he throws back, guys. So just a heads up. But, that is a fact, Jack, yeah, and he's one of the best. And I'll is. tell you, pastor put this together over 30 years ago. You know, after a week of telling the kids what to do, don't eat this, you can eat that, wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 10 jumping jacks in the morning, 30 push-ups, dude. Uh, yeah, 30 push-ups every right. single morning. And don't forget... Okay, wake up early, go to sleep late. Yes. On the Thursday afternoon, you're taking it out on somebody. Absolutely. And that shaving cream war and the kickball tournament against your leaders, not good. Great times, guys. Right. Great times. So, hey, it's going to be an amazing time, church. Absolutely. Please, please, please consider that. Hey, if you don't have 
a student in your life that you say, I can send, but you want to make an impact, you want to make a difference, I tell you, you can still do that by sponsoring a camper because those are definitely needed, right? And if you're, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't know how much it costs. Guess what? All that information is in this brochure or online. Church, I plead to you, please consider making a difference either in a, one, a student's life or your student's life. And you can do that. It doesn't have to be a full donation. It could be a partial donation. You got, you, I got five, five bucks on it, ten bucks, it, one or two dollars. It's fine. You can pull, put that in an envelope and just write on there, camp donation and drop it off at one of the tithing boxes in our sanctuary because church you and i are going to make a big difference in the next generation amen can we agree can we get an amen out of that amen amen come on all right church that and so many other things that are always going on here at new beginnings church if you download our app if you go on our website you can find out everything that's going on like our men's breakfast coming up this uh this saturday and it's going to be a fun time because it's just a bunch of guys getting together and um you know what we do man yeah Good stuff, guys. Good food, good fellowship. Yep. Absolutely work. Get her early. Yeah. Get her yeah. early. Ladies, it's a great excuse to get your guy out of the house, you know, have some alone time. I know you guys love us in the house, but sometimes, Said no one ever. <laughs> sometimes you guys need us out, so I get it. Men, come check it out. It's a phenomenal yeah. time. Uh, Pastor always does a great job. Of course. And, and our men's leadership. Church, look, so many other things. I, I'm tell, I say it all the time, but I wish we could spend so much more time about what you and I are doing with Every single course that we offer, all these events like Sisterhood, uh, Men's Breakfast, all these at the church, find out for yourself. Dig in. Call the front office. Look, there's a QR code that's behind me. Connect with us. Find out, hey, I am in this age group. Is there anything for me to participate in? I have a child, and maybe, maybe you're a college age, and you want to participate in something. Is there anything for me? The answer to whatever question you have to participate in this church is a resounding yes. There's always something going on in your beginning. Find out with our app, and while you're in there, that bottom right-hand corner is that give button. If you want to make an impact, help us make an impact, not only in our immediate community, but around the world, around Amen. the state, around the world, church. We're making a huge difference. Don't feel like you're not. Thank you for your faithful obedience in the tithe, and if you want to know how to do that, the ways to give electronically are behind me on the screen in front of you at home. You can give that way, or you can drop off your, your cash or check envelope uh, in an envelope, rather. Uh, at the uh, tithing boxes in the entryways of the sanctuary. Amen. Thank you so much, church. Love for you, church. Giving. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Turn your attention to the screen. All hope is lost. And it is no longer true that I will live in peace and harmony with my God. It is almost beyond imagining. The perfect days of walking with him in paradise are over, and now I am destined for days of separation and longing for my true home. My sin is beyond God's grace to forgive. I have come to realize that it is foolish to believe that God could accept me after all that I had done. How can it be? to think that all my prayers went unheard. How foolish it was to believe that he loves me. There is nothing left to do but declare that I am lost without hope and future. And I can no longer believe that I will be restored. 
when sin came into the world, it brought death. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died in our place, and it brought life. He rose again, and everything turned upside down. I will be restored, and I can no longer believe that I am lost without hope and future. There is nothing left to do but declare that He loves me. How foolish it was to believe that all my prayers went unheard. How can it be to think that God could accept me after all that I had done? I have come to realize that it is foolish to believe that my sin is beyond God's grace to forgive. Days of separation and longing for my true home are over. And now I am destined for perfect days of walking with Him in paradise. It is almost beyond imagining, but I will live in peace and harmony with my God. And it is no longer true that all hope is lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Young people, be dismissed to your worship time. All those 6th grade to 12th grade, you're welcome to, to take off right across the hall because they have an amazing gathering there. I want to ask Pastor Eddie and uh, bring your beautiful bride over here, Pastor Eddie. <laughs> pastor Eddie is our pastoral care pastor. He goes and makes hospital visits and visits people in their homes and ministers to them. They are celebrating 52 years of marriage. <laughs> Stand right here and face one another, hold hands, and Lord, we pray abundant blessing over Eddie and Merlinda. Thank you for the example they are to so, so many of us. Lord God, walking together, celebrating life 52 years, and Lord, loving every moment, even through the most difficult times you have been there for them, in the challenging times where they've lost loved ones. Father God, in the greatest moment you have celebrated with them, we pray long, long life and health, abundance for their three boys and their grandchildren, and Lord, just the amazing family that they have built. We pray, Lord God, your love and grace in Christ's glorious name. Amen. Amen. Eddie, you may kiss your bride. We love you guys. Thank you for your example. We are so excited. 52 years, guys. That's, that's, man, that's not done very often. And I'm telling you, it's just amazing. Guys, transformation is what takes place. Eddie and Merlinda got married. They were young, young, young. And then Jesus came in their life and transformed their lives. Made it, took it to a whole different level of living. Called him in the ministry, and just amazing things have happened. And God continues to do that. He transforms lives. Guys, we've been looking at this sermon series called Life's Healing Choices. We've been looking at 
what God is doing and how he's transforming lives and healing and restoring people. That's what we do here at New Beginnings, healing and restoring lives through the love of Jesus Christ. And it's been amazing to see what God is doing through Celebrate Recovery and how God is using that ministry on Tuesday nights to really impact the lost and dying world. Today, we're talking about transformation. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. We've been looking at the Beatitudes in the book of Matthew, and there's eight of them, and, and, and today we're looking at the fifth one, and, and it talks about hungering and thirst. Now, there's a physical hunger, and there's a spiritual hunger, and New Beginnings does an amazing job of meeting both. First, we do the physical hunger. We have a food pantry here, and every Tuesday and Thursdays from 9 to 1, it's called His Hand Extended, and we, we give food to our community once a month. Matter of fact, this Friday, we're giving out anywhere from ten to 15,000 pounds of food, and we get people come out here, and we get over 200 families that come that we give food to. We even send 2,000 pounds of food to Clagato, Arizona, where we have a mission there, and we're going to be doing a work camp there later on this year, and we're hoping you'll be a part of that. But God is doing some amazing things. And then we have God's Warehouse, uh, a homeless a soup kitchen where we feed three to 500 people every day there at the corner of Central and Tennessee. God is doing a work. God is doing a work. But let me tell you something. There's a spiritual hunger that God meets. There's a, a God-shaped void in our life that God has a perfect way of filling that if you allow him to. And you've come here today, and some of you are here out of choice because you said, man, I couldn't wait to get here. I couldn't wait to worship. I couldn't wait to hear what God is going to say to me in this series because I've been following it, and I'm looking forward to it. Some of you came here because you have a, a, a drug problem. Your parents drug you here. Your husband or wife drug you here. Okay, I'm just joking. Okay, calm down. But, but you know, you're like, I can't believe I'm even in church. Man, I don't do church. That's all right. Church will do you. It'll really minister to you. It'll touch your life. And you'll, we're praying you won't leave the same, that you're going to go, man, what was that? That was like, I actually felt the presence of God, and I actually enjoyed myself. Well, let me tell you something. In this series, we've been seeing how God transforms our life. And there's a character in the Bible, this man named Jacob, who was a twin. He had a twin brother named Esau. He was born to Isaac, and, and, and this, this guy was a twin. And you see the steps that we've been talking about in this series. If you, you haven't been here just go to our website and you can download and you can see the, 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 the other sermons of this series. But you see the five choices that we've been talking about. You see Jacob's living these out. His life literally lives them out. And, and it's really amazing the, the five healing choices that God uses to change us. And, and the very first thing is conflict. It's really amazing conflict. When you struggle with others, Whenever you get into any kind of conflict with someone, God gets your attention. It's like, oh, really? We're having to go through this? 
Uh, I like my neighbors. Why are we not getting along? I like my in-laws. I don't like my outlaws. I don't like, you know, and it's like, man, I mean, sometimes we just don't get along with people, and sometimes we, we, we have tension in the house and tension at work and tension, and, and, and God always uses conflict to get our attention. Jacob had a lot of conflict in his life since the day he was born. I mean, he, his twin brother's name is Esau, and Esau was born first, and Esau came out of his mama first, but Jacob was holding on to his ankle as they were pulling him out like, hey, I'm going to be there too, man. I'm going to come out at the same time because they always ask twins, who was born first? Like, we were born together, man. He did not, he fought for that. And he even ended up stealing his brother's birthright, his inheritance. So he had conflict with his brother. Esau did not like Jacob at all. And then you have, so he takes off. He runs away. And he runs away because he doesn't want to deal with conflict. How many of you run away when conflict happens? You run away. You run away to another place or you run away to something to try to satisfy you, something to take off the edge, something to just make you feel a little bit better and, it, and you forget about your problem for a while, but it just comes back even worse. Well, he had conflict and he takes off to another land and, and, and he meets uh, this man named Laban. He didn't have anything but a walking stick and, and he meets Laban and Laban had... So he gives him a job, and he's working there for him, and he, he had this gorgeous daughter named Rachel, and he goes, man, I want to marry your daughter. He goes, okay, well, you got to work for me for seven years to earn the right to marry her. So he works for him for seven years, and all of a sudden, when the wedding day comes, you know, they, they're all veiled up and everything, and, 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 and he marries, and he thinks he's marrying Rachel. Well, Man, Laban put in the oldest daughter first because she was still at home, and it's like, man, I don't want to be stuck with an old maid, so vamonos. He put her in there, and he marries Leah, and he's like, man, I didn't want to marry her. Like, oh, man, I don't know if she was not as pretty. I don't know. All I know is he had his heart on Rachel, so he goes, dude, you really messed me over, man. You tricked me. You deceived me. You know what? I, I want Rachel. He goes, well, you got to work another seven years, and he did. Man, she must have been a fox, man. He worked 14 years. He waited 14 years for her. But, but look what happens, okay? We're in Genesis. We're in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bible, go to Genesis 31, and we're going to be in 31 and 32. And, and in verse 1 and 2 of Genesis 30, 31, it says, Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. So his brother-in-laws are getting all ticked off. And they're going, Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He's gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude towards him. So now the brother-in-laws aren't getting along, and they change the father-in-law's attitude towards him, and it's getting all tense. And so what does Jacob do? What he's good at doing, he's running away again. So he takes off. But he doesn't even know where to go. Where should I go? Well, I'll go back home. But home is where Esau is, his brother who doesn't like him and who he ripped off. So he's like, man, I hope I could go back home and maybe my brother won't you know, mess me over because my brother's a great warrior and his brother was a great sportsman and he was a great hunter and a great leader. And, and so he sent a bunch of gifts ahead of time 
And he said, hey, man, he sent some messengers. Look, tell my brother that I'd like to come home, and I'm sending him all these gifts, and if he'll welcome me back. So in verse, it, we're, we're now in Genesis 32, and verse 6 and 7, it says, after delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob, and they reported, we met your brother Esau. And he's already on his way to meet you. All right, he's here to meet me with an army of 400 men. Ay, carambas. Oh, my goodness gracious. Jacob was terrified at the news. So you see Jacob going, ay, you know, the boogeyman. In other words, I'm, I'm, he's going to come and get me. And it says he divided his household among with the flocks along with the flocks and the herds and the camels into two groups. So he sends his wife, one wife and kids, on one side of the river and, and, and part of his flock and stuff, and he keeps the other one on the other side of the river. That way if they, they, they kill someone, well, at least he's got a family left over, and, and if they kill him, and at least his legacy goes on. And so he, but, but when this happens, as he divides them up, it says he prayed. Now, here's his prayer. It's recorded in Genesis 32, verse 9 through 11. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham. But I don't hear him praying like that. I hear him praying like when you and I are in a mess, when you and I are in a crisis, when you and I are in a conflict. Oh, God. God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac. Oh, God, you told me, return to my own land and to my relatives. And you promised, Lord, you promised I will treat you kindly. Man, he's, he's tripping. Can you hear him? Uh, I know I'm dramatic, but I mean, that's how I'm reading it. I don't hear him saying, oh, God. Hey, now that my brother's coming with 400 men. Uh, dude, I don't know about you, man. 400 guys are orale. God, help me. He says, I'm not worthy of all of your unfailing love and faithfulness that you've shown me. I'm your servant, but man, I don't deserve any of this. And when I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick, and now... My household fills two large camps. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, please, please rescue me. Haven't you ever been there? God, please put my marriage back together. Lord, I messed up. I really blew it, God. My kids are all jacked up. Oh, God, help me. I don't know how I'm going to tell my parents I'm all messed up. I, I, are you with me? Please rescue me. From the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid that he's coming to attack me along with my wives and children. So he's getting real, man. He's getting real. See, that's the first choice that we had, the reality choice. Realizing that you're not God. Admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing in my life, and my life is unmanageable. Of course we're not God, but you know what? We pretend that we're God all the time because we pray to God and God says, don't do that. And what do we get? I got it. I got it. I can handle it. I can handle it. 
And God's going, no, 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 I got it, I got it, oh my gosh. And people are saying, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. Oh, leave me alone already, man. I got it, I got it. And you got it, all right, yeah, I see where you, that took you. You're a mess. In the Beatitudes, it's verse 3 of Matthew 5. It says, God blesses those who are poor and in spirit and realize their need for God. You finally admit that you can't make it on your own, that you can't make it. And, and, and he, he really is saying, God, I, I, I need your help. And he, he divides his family up, and, and then he fights with God. Good thing no one here has ever fought with God. But there's a lot of people that fight with God, amen? Some of you came in all beat up, man. What's happened to you? Uh, me and God are getting into it, man. Came to see, okay, bring it on, God. Oh, don't ever say that. But, but we do that. We really do. See, because we're in conflict. We're in conflict with God or conflict with others. And then it brings us to a crisis. And the second thing is a crisis. We, we struggle with God. We struggle with God. He literally fought God. Look what it says right there in Genesis 32. We're in now verse 23 through 25. After taking them to the other side of the river, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came. That man is God, okay? And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, now that doesn't mean that when God saw he wouldn't win. No, when, when God saw that Jacob wasn't going to win, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. So, man, maybe that's what happened to me. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I, I, I'm recovering from hip surgery, and the, I promise I wasn't fighting with God, man. Now, Jacob in Hebrew means yabak, and, and, or, or, or you pronounce it yabak, and wrestling means yabek. And, and when I saw that, I go, ooh, Yabak is Yabeking with God. I, okay, just like Pastor Michael, it was funny in my head, okay? I'm sorry. But Jacob is fighting with God. He's wrestling with God. How many times have you wrestled with God when God's saying, no, don't do it, I got it, I got it, don't do it, you're wrestling with God. You don't think you're wrestling with God. Sometimes you're even angry at God, like, ah, God, what has God done for me? God hasn't done nothing for me. And you're all mad. You're all ticked off. When you fight, man, you're up close and personal, man. When you're wrestling, man, you're face to face. You're like, man, he's right there with God. And the reason we know it, it's definitely God in the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verse 3, it says, even in the womb, Jacob struggled with his brother. And when he became a man, he even fought with God. So we know he's fighting God. This struggle is with God. Man, have you quit taking matters in your own hands yet? We keep messing it up. I'll tell you what, we, we do the same thing over and over and expect something different. How, how is that even possible? Whenever we take matters in our own hands, we make things worse. Will I ever trust God? Will I ever obey God? We want to control it. We want to we be in control. 
And that brought us to the hope choice. The hope choice is earnestly believe that God exists and that I matter to him and that he has the power to help me recover. See, God wants to help us in our crisis. And then it brings me to the third one, and that's commitment. And commitment is when we commit to God's changes. God wants to change us, and we say, okay, I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to do it your way, not my way. I'm going to take up your banner and not mine. I'm going to take up your, your cross, and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to take up the cross that I am going to finally bear. I finally surrender and commit my life to God. And this is what takes place. Look at Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. Then the man said, God said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. And Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. I'm finally going to do it your way, God. I'm not going to let go. You have me. I have surrendered. I give up. I, I surrender. If you ever watch UFC, UFC, it's a tap out. He's tapping out. If you ever, this is like, this is better than WWE. This is the real thing, man. He's well, I'm not letting go until you bless me. I won't do it. I'm not going on with this mess unless you bless me. Take over. I need you, God. I need help. And you hear his desperation? You see, the commitment choices consciously choose to commit your life to the Lord, to Christ, to his care and his control. God allows things to go on and on sometimes for us to realize how desperately we need him. Sometimes we go, when is this going to end? When you finally surrender? When is this going to come to an end? When you finally give it up? People say, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. No, I say, you know what? Untie the knot and let go. Let go and let God. But I'll fall to my death. No, you'll fall right into the hands of God. God gives us things that we need. And he holds on to us until we finally let go. Too many people let go too soon. Too many people quit. There's a healing process. Healing is a process that doesn't just happen over your healed. It's a process. You didn't get all messed up overnight. You've been working at it for many years. Every day we have an opportunity to get all messed up or to get all blessed up. But you know what? He says, choose you life or choose death. And some of us go, I like death. It's really good. Oh, my gosh. I know I did. I was an idiot. Romans 6, 13 says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. There's someone that finally got to that point. They said, I, I just can't do it anymore. I'm out of control. I'm unraveling. I've got to commit to the Lord. And this is Sue. Sue is here with us today, and she's going to share her story, her journey. Sue, thank you for being so transparent, and thank you for being so bold. 
Yeah, thank you for welcoming Sue. We bless you, sis, and my God, use you mightily this morning, I pray in the name of Christ. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. My printer didn't work this morning, so we're going to use the phone. You know, we got to roll with whatever comes along, I guess. Um, hi, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I am a recovering gambling addict. My name is Sue. I say I'm a gambling addict, but in all reality, I'm a drug addict. I didn't realize that until I had been deeply drowning in addiction for three years. It started out as a way to deal with my broken and troubled marriage by getting my husband's attention by threatening to gamble our life savings away. That was a good plan. Soon became a way of coping and surviving, really. I had lived in Albuquerque for years and only visited casinos when company would come to town. It had never been a problem for me. But then one day, my husband and I had a huge argument. And I, wanting desperately to get his attention, decided to do so by going to the casino. Suddenly, I had his full attention. When I realized the power I held by countering my husband's control and anger issues, with my gambling, casinos took on a whole new meaning. At first, my husband, at first my husband um, hated my gambling, but then I started winning. I gambled big, so I would win big, as Satan would have it. Uh, so my husband began going with me to the casinos. The power I had gained by trying to get even with him gave way to the new feeling of being someone my husband was proud of. Soon my husband and I were enabling each other. He was enabling me by being wildly proud of me when I would win and um, terribly disappointed in me when I would lose. And I was enabling him by acting as though everything was his fault. It wasn't. There was a vicious cycle of destructive and expensive behavior. I was gambling almost every day, often sneaking out after he went to work and spending hours and hours trying to get a big win, only to find I would gamble it all away when I finally did hit a big jackpot. My low point was when I called my son to ask if I could borrow money because I had bet our mortgage payment. And I didn't want my husband to know. And my son told me he wouldn't loan me the money. And he said, Mom, you need to get help. I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. It was the lowest point of my life. The worst part, my husband was an elder in our church, and I was the children's ministry director. The secret life we were leading was tearing us further and further apart. Finally, I came clean to my pastor, and I asked my life group for prayer and for help. And a friend suggested Celebrate Recovery. I had never heard of the support group. She told me it was Christ-centered 12-step program, and I should go. The first time I went, I sat in the parking lot and cried. I hated that I had come to this point in my life. I did not want to be there. But I went in, and I was met by an amazing group of survivors. I felt like I had just walked into a huge hug. But I still believed I wasn't like all these people, right? Um, they were addicts. I just needed some help. I just needed some ideas. Uh, I didn't need a program. I wasn't as bad as them. I was in complete denial. Then this woman with screaming red hair named Ginger approached me and said, hey, let's talk. I wanted to run, but I was trapped. So I followed her to a chair and I sat down. Little did I know this was the beginning of God's plan for my recovery and for a completely new direction for my life. Ginger and I talked for hours. I told her my whole life story, and then she told me something that changed my perspective on everything. 
She said I wasn't selfish and stupid and lacking common sense because I gambled. She told me I was a drug addict. I was addicted to dopamine, which has the same components as heroin, one of the most powerfully addicting drugs in the world. And I didn't have to score from a drug dealer. My brain would supply all the dopamine I needed. Casinos, especially slot machines, are designed to get you high on dopamine. And every time you win money, you find yourself buying opportunities to keep getting high. You can't walk out when you are up because it's not about the money. It's about the high. For the first time, I understood my powerlessness over gambling. It wasn't a matter of willpower. It was a matter of surrendering to God's power. It was like all the lights came on. I felt hopeful for the first time in a long time. And I felt heard and seen and maybe, maybe even redeemable. My recovery did not happen overnight. It was a long process, and I'm committed to working the program for the rest of my life. It's not a cure-all, but it's a path to freedom from the hurts and habits and hang-ups of our lives. Celebrate Recovery literally saved my marriage, my relationship with my family, my mental health, all of it. If you have the courage to walk through the door, the conviction to work the steps, and the wisdom to keep coming back, you will be changed. I have not gambled in four years. Thank you. I avoid all computer games, television programs, or anything that might cause a dopamine high. I rely on my accountability partners and my sponsor to keep me honest, and I give all the credit to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Celebrate Recovery has become a way of life for my family. My husband and I are both deeply involved in our Celebrate Recovery group, and our relationship is so good, so good. We have both completed multiple 12-step programs, and we are always finding new hurts, habits, and hang-ups to work on. As my sponsor always says, we are a work in progress. I can't imagine how I would have found redemption without the judgment-free, loving, Christ-centered family that Celebrate Recovery has become in my life. Jesus tells us in 2 Corinthians, verse 9 and 10, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I got lots of that. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. If you are struggling with a gambling problem or any weaknesses, are here, we are here for you. All you have to do is just walk through the door. Thank you. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Sue, thank you for being so honest and transparent today. Thank you. Her husband's name's Mark. Yeah. Mark, thank you for journeying with her with us. God has restored their marriage, he restored Amen. you, restored Amen. your finances, restored your life. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she spent it all, guys. <laughs> you We're know, all right. your son told you no. Amen. Sorry, Mom. Amen. How did you process that? The low that I had to go to to call my son and ask for money. I can't even tell you what a, a terrible, terrible, sad place that was. And the sound in his voice when he said, you need help. Uh, you know, sometimes what convicts us is loving someone so much uh, that you want to be better. 
and he convicted me that I wanted to be better. I never wanted to make him ashamed of me. And uh, I knew I had to do something from there on. Someone, someone in first service asked me, is this also like for overeaters? Hey. And on and on and on. You went to your first meeting and you were like, I'm not a junkie. I'm not a druggie. I'm not one of those Straight guys up. with a brown paper bag. Straight up. What, how did you finally decide, I'm going to go? Well, I went because, to be honest with you, uh, I wasn't going to go. But the friend who had suggested Celebrate Recovery called ahead and told Ginger to be waiting for me. <laughs> I was so angry with her. And then being a people pleaser that I am, I couldn't let Ginger down, so I had to at least go. I planned on sneaking out halfway through. I went to the bathroom thinking, when they get busy, I'll just go out the door. And I walked right into Ginger as I came out, and she said, we need to talk. So, and then that was it. Because once you start talking to somebody who is convicted and, and convinced by this program, you get sucked in. Because it works. Praise the Lord. It really, really works. Praise God. Changes lives, folks. Every Tuesday night at 6.15, we start with a dinner that's free. 7 o'clock starts the class. We hope you'll come. You'll have great victory like Sue and Amen. Mark, her husband. Amen. Thank you, Sue. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it, Thank sis. You Thank you. You guys already sat through the first service. If you feel like you need to leave Mark and Sue, feel free to do that. You say no. <laughs> and it brings me to the fourth thing I want to say. The fourth phase after you commit is there's confession. Confession. You finally admit that you're the problem. Did you hear what Sue said? Ah, Mark, Mark makes me do this. Mark makes me, you know, it's like, how many times have you say, to your wife or your husband or your son or your daughter, your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend, your neighbor, if you didn't do that, I wouldn't do this. We always blame it on somebody else. We talked about that last week in the house cleaning choice. Opening up that you openly examine and confess your faults to yourself, to God, and to someone that you trust. That you openly say it. Look what Jacob did. He's wrestling with God in Genesis 32, verse 27. God says, so what's your name? God knows his name. But see, back in those days, they'd give you a name that went with who you were. So they had named him Jacob. He goes, my name's Jacob. He's confessing, I am Jacob. You know what Jacob means? Deceiver, manipulator, Liar, man, God's asking him, what are you? Who are you? Man, I'm a deceiver. I'm a manipulator. I'm a liar. I'm a swindler. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fake. Let me ask you this. What would your name be if they named you by who you are? Hi, I'm greedy. Hey, I'm fearful. Oh, I'm lustful. Oh, I'm gossip. I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm, 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 am I connecting with anybody? 
Wouldn't that be horrible? You have a little name tag? I'm a liar. Oh, watch out, man. Here comes a thief. Are, are you with me? Here comes a gossiper. Anything, watch what you say because they, they get it out there. Man, if God could love Jacob, he could love us. Amen? And it brings me to what I want to really focus on today. And that's the fifth step, conversion. He wants to give you a new identity. Can you imagine all your life you're being, hey, deceiver. <coughs> hey, manipulator, come here, dude. Wouldn't that be a drag? You're named after. So look what happens. We're in Genesis 32. Look at verse 28 through 30. Your name is no longer Jacob. You're no longer going to be a liar, a deceiver, a manipulator. The Lord told him, from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name. Jacob said, he's saying, God, tell me your name. Says, Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named that place Peniel, which means the face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. He got a new identity. They gave him the name Israel. You know what the word Israel means? Prince of God. From liar to a prince. From liar to a princess. I don't know what your name is right now, but God wants to give you a new name. He wants you to be redeemed of the Lord, washed by the blood of the Lamb. He wants to make you a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are being made new. He wants to give you a new name. The devil calls you by your sin name. The devil always throws your past at you. Hey, Toker. Hey, Grifo. Hey, drunkard. Hey, gambler. Hey, gossiper. <coughs> and the Lord says, come here, child of God. Come here, redeemed of the Lord. Come here, my child. Come here, because I've made you new. <laughs> the deepest work God has done in your life is with your identity. He wants you to see and have a new perspective on life, a new name and a new way of seeing things. God uses those things that are beneath the surface, beneath all the mess-ups mess we have. God gives us that new identity. He blesses us. He wants to bless you. In Matthew 5, 6, I started with it, and I'm going to end with it. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. The transformation choice is this. You voluntarily submit to every change that God wants to make in your life, and you humbly ask him to remove your character defects. Isn't that what you want? Like I said earlier, every single day we have an opportunity to mess up or bless up. To fail or to succeed. Today God is calling you 
to a new name. In Genesis 32, verse 31, he said, the Son of Man was rising as, the Son, rather, was rising as Jacob left Penel, and he was limping because of the injury of the hip. Sometimes when God changes us, he gives us a limp. He reminds us, he gives us something to remind us how desperately we need him. What did Jacob do all his life? He ran away, ran away, ran away, ran away, ran away. He's all jacked up now. I can't run anymore. I, I got to rely on God. I got to put my trust in him. Remember the Apostle Paul? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, he says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud and arrogant and conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient. My power works best in weakness. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. When we are weak, he is strong because we have to rely on him. Aren't you ready to surrender? Let me ask you a few questions. Are you experiencing any conflict in your life right now? God's trying to get your attention, church. In what area of your life are you struggling with God? You know the right thing to do, but yet you keep doing the other. It's time to quit being God, quit ignoring him. Where have you felt like giving up? Don't give up. Your blessing is about to happen. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up. No, say, don't give up. Don't quit. Man, we got to keep doing it, amen? When are you going to face the truth about you? <clears throat> that it's not your husband or wife or son or daughter, father, mother, brother, sister. It's you that keeps messing up. When are you going to stop blaming others? Will you let Jesus Christ give you a new identity today? He wants to. If you've never surrendered your life to the Lord, today's your day. If you want to do that, raise your hand. Say, that's me. That's me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who else? Who else? Come on, it's your time. This is your time. Just like Sue said, man, it wasn't for me. I'm not all messed up. I'm not all jacked up. And she found out she was really lost. So if you raised your hand, would you stand? Because we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. I'm so proud of you. This is the greatest day of your life. So those of you standing in the church, would you say this prayer with them? Say, Heavenly Father, today I realize I need a new identity. I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. 
forgive my past. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Those of you that stood up, come up here real quick. I just want to celebrate with you. I want to celebrate with you. I want to give you a high five. Make your way up real quick if you stood up and prayed that. We got, we got a Bible. We got some material. We got some things we want to give you. Pastor Eddie is going to lead you. He's going to bless you. Oh, my gosh. We are so thrilled. You don't even know how excited we are for you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Brother, bless you. Look, Pastor Eddie's right there. Man, we're so thrilled for you. Praise the Lord. Praise God, young lady. Oh, my goodness. This is the greatest day of your life. Anyone else? Look, Pastor Eddie's got a Bible, and he's got some material. Just go right through that door. Follow Pastor Eddie. Man, anyone else? Well, don't walk out. Don't walk out because God still wants to bless you. We just sang a powerful song. I don't know about you, man. Worship today was like, oh, it it just has been so amazing lately. But today was like, man, I wasn't even touching the ground today. Our Father, our Creator, there's no one greater than you. So I don't know what you're still going through. We have a prayer team. Prayer team, make your way up here. Stand up here so they know who they can pray with. They can know who they can come to. Say, I need some help right now. I need some help. I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. My marriage, my, my, my own life, I'm confused, I'm lost, I'm broken. I'm like, man, this sermon was like, man, oh man. So would you stand with us and, and, and make your way up? We won't take long. We're going to pray and just believe God's going to do great work. If you need someone to come with you, say, hey, would you come with me to pray? I, I, I just ask your husband or wife to come. Ask your son or daughter to come. Or ask someone that's sitting next to you. Say, hey, would you go up there with me? I, I just need some prayer right now. I need some prayer. Sing this song out. Sing out what God is doing. Sing out what God is about to do, what God has been doing, but what he's about to do. You're not going to leave here the same. Sing it out for his glory. Sing it out and say, thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Redeemer, defender, your glory knows no measure. There's no one higher than you. You are always with us, gracious to forgive us. By your power, we've been set free. And Lord, we stand amazed in your presence, astounded by your mercy and love. Our hands are lifted high and surrendered. Your grace for me is always enough. There is no one higher than our God. There is no one greater than you. Let my life forever praise the glory of your name. There is no one higher than you. 
way up if you want prayer. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. We want to believe in you. God believes in you. He called you forgiven. He called you redeemed. He called you a new man, a new creation, a new woman, a new creation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for how you have blessed us. Thank you, Lord. Lord, just like Jacob, we're in a mess. We've been struggling with you, God. We've been fighting you over and over and fighting other people. God, we're in conflict. We're stressed out. We need you to intervene. God, through this conflict, I pray healing. We're struggling even with you. And God, today, we don't want to fight you anymore. We want to commit our ways to you, wholeheartedly commit our ways. No more half-stepping it. Father, I surrender the good, bad, and the ugly. Lord, I admit that, Lord, I'm the problem, not others, I am. And not only gonna admit, Lord, my problem, but Lord, I'm gonna admit, Lord, that I need you desperately, so I'm confessing to you, and I'm gonna find someone that I can trust to talk to. I'm gonna even maybe come on Tuesday night to celebrate recovery. God, I want you to restore my life, to change my identity, to give me a new start, to call me the redeemed of the Lord. So forgive me, Lord, because I know I've hurt my family. I've hurt my husband, I've hurt my wife, I've hurt my son or daughter, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister. I've hurt family members and loved ones. God, restore those relationships again. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, amen. Church, we love you. As people continue to pray, you're dismissed to go change the world. As you've been impacted, go impact the world. Thank you.